Hello there, and thanks for joining me on the podcast today. Depression. Living with depression. That's my topic. To unfold this topic, uh, I would like to introduce you to a very well-known historical figure. And we'll use his life as kind of an example, and a challenge, and an opportunity, and an uh, encouragement to you if you live with depression, or you know someone that lives with depression. So, kind of look at it as an opportunity here now to learn about depression for yourself or for somebody else that's important and close, you know, to you. Living with depression, 1873, our country and our world was blessed by the birth of a very well, a man who became very well known and very important to all of us. His name was Sergei Rachmaninoff. Now, Rachmaninoff was born in Russia, and uh, that was 1873, but he died in 1943, living in Beverly Hills, California. A lot of activity, a lot of success, and a lot of frustration took place in between 1873 and 1943. Sometimes we refer to that as, or those years as the dash years. In between birth and death, there is a dash. We call those the dash years. And for Rachmaninoff, a great deal of life and living took place during those dash years. And I'd like to just unfold that a little bit as we look at this issue of depression. Now, Rachmaninoff, as you know, became a legendary composer and pianist. So he immigrated to the United States during right after the communist revolution in Russia, which is 1810, where that revolution took place. And he came to America soon thereafter, after his birth. And he became the highest paid concert star, the highest paid concert star on the piano and one of the most influential pianists of the 20th century. So here's a man of great stature and great influence and great effect upon many, many people around the world. Now, Rachmaninoff was the fourth child born to a family of six children. The childhood years for him were considered generally happy, and he studied music with his mother starting at age four. Not uncommon with these concert pianists, age three, age four, age five, age six, when they start their serious study of the piano or of music. For him, it was age four, and that continued throughout his years of playing and composing, the mother being his primary teacher, while others joined in and gave additional training to him. Mother is credited as the primary teacher of this young man who became this great composer. The composition entitled The Bells was considered his best work, and that was produced in 1900s, early 1900s. However, his his premier performance, premier performance, was the first symphony. Now that took place in Peter's St. Petersburg, Russia, in 1897. So he wrote that piece, First Symphony, played it in St. Petersburg in 1897, and assigned the piece to the director, entitled Alexander Granzo. Now, the director proceeded to perform the First Symphony and conducted it, but unfortunately, Alexander was drunk at the time that he formed this piece of music, and it was a disappointment. It was shame on Rachmaninoff. The audience contributed uh, very little applause, you know, to the performance. So, in other words, it was a dismal failure. It was a flop. Now, was the music a flop, or was the performance a flop? Well, I think it's the performance due to an inebriated conductor. The piece itself went on into history. 
being a major piece of music for Rachmaninoff and the world. But unfortunately what happened then is Rachmaninoff fell into a deep depression from the shame and the guilt and the criticism that he received for that particular performance. He was proud of the piece of music, but it was performed poorly and he took the blame, and it was a great disappointment and shame, you know, to him. He went on into a severe depression for about three years thereafter, and during that time, he was unable to play any significant piece of music. He was unable to write or compose any significant piece of music, and essentially developed a writer's block. In other words, he was unable to produce a piece of music. His depression was such a great uh, pressure on him that uh, he was unable to basically live a normal life. But unfortunately, on top of all that, top of all that shame and failure, so to speak, the state church at the time opposed his marriage. And that was another shock to him and another disappointment to him and another failure, you know, to him. So with these two events taking place at about the same time, Rachmaninoff went into a depression. Depression over which he had very little control and the events over which he had very little control. So he went on year after year after year for about three years or so being depressed. Finally, at the urging of people and his friends and his family and probably his own intuition, he sought out a psychotherapist for therapy. His name was Dr. Nikolai Dahl. Now, Dr. Dahl proceeded to treat Rachmaninoff for about four months. Now, in those days, a psychotherapist would treat a person daily. So, in all likelihood, Rachmaninoff went to his therapist, Dr. Dahl, every day for three or four months. Maybe not so much on Saturday or Sunday, but certainly during the week. So, you can see how much therapy he actually received over that particular period of time. And the therapist utilized a technique that was growing at that time and was being introduced at the time, hypnosis. So we have a man who pressed, was discouraged, hurt, angry, was mad, was unproductive, and was unable to function for about three years. And it took about three to four months of therapy to turn that around. Finally, the depression began to change and he became functional once again. Now, that's a story of depression that is very common. People tend to get depressed when they've had major hurt, when they've had major loss, when they've had major disappointment, when they've had major failure, and people have turned on them, and people have hurt them, and people have been uh, derogatory in some way. In this case, we have a drunken music conductor who basically turned against Rachmaninoff by his drunkenness and produced a very poor piece that Rachmaninoff was very proud of. So what did he lose? Well, Rachmaninoff lost an opportunity. He lost an opportunity for accolades and for joy, and he lost the opportunity for um, recognition by his colleagues and by the world at that particular point in time. A piece of music that later proved itself to be one of his very best. But he lost it. So he lost... And when you lose something, depression is likely to occur. So if you're depressed or you know somebody who's depressed, you look at the issue of loss. What has that person lost? Sometimes it's friends. Sometimes it's an association. Sometimes it's an opportunity. Sometimes it's a job. Sometimes it's an opportunity that only comes once in a while. Sometimes the loss is due to one's own failing not to exercise it. Sometimes it's due to third parties or other people that interfere and somehow take an opportunity away. Sometimes it's a loss of health, loss of support people in your life, 
loss of finances, loss of um, opportunity to have a career or to have a better career, you know, and so on it goes. Loss is usually the basis of depression. And here for this man, Rachmaninoff, he lost his reputation. He lost his pride. He lost his opportunity to really show the world what he was capable of as a composer. So after this particular event, Rachmaninoff went on and struggled with depression for years. It dogged him perhaps for the rest of his life. Times of depression and times of elation. Times of depression and times of success and elation. Probably what we know today as kind of a bipolar disorder. People who change their mood and fluctuate in their mood from time to time. Uh, during those times of depression become very unproductive. They, they cease becoming uh, successful and operative. They become unproductive in their work and unproductive in their thinking and unproductive in their lifestyle. Depression sets in and takes away the joy of living, takes away the energy of living, takes away the oomph to go forward and to move forward in one's life. So Rachmaninoff went into therapy. After three or four months of therapy, he overcame his depression. Even though he was dogged by it a little bit during his years, essentially the major depression was resolved. And he went on then to perform and to or first compose and then perform what is known as the Second Symphony. I've heard the Second Symphony on several occasions. Perhaps you have heard the Second Symphony of Rachmaninoff. And when you listen to the music of that Second Symphony, the music is very slow and very quiet. And then it becomes very strong and powerful, like an elation. And then again, going through a mood of depression, if you will, slow and soft and quiet. And then again, followed by a period of elation. The piece moves back and forth, moves up and down over the course of about a half hour's time of that particular piece of music. That particular theme of depression and mood changes seems to prevail throughout the Second Symphony. And one wonders if that's what he was actually portraying in the Second Symphony was the mood levels that he was experiencing in life and how he moved from depression to elation, kind of like a bipolar disorder, if you will. So the mood changes were reflected throughout the entire symphony. There was a very notable crescendo at the end. At that point in time in his life, he was living a life of elation and joy and happiness and energy. He had just finished, he had just completed, if you will, the second symphony. And it may even reflect the fact that that's how he thought or had he had hoped or he had dreamed that his life would be like. From then on, his life would be, would be steady again and upward moving. And he'd have energy and he'd have stamina and he'd have success and he'd have recognition and he'd have joy. Perhaps that was his hope for the future, his dream for his own future. So he goes from the depths of depression to again becoming productive, again becoming if you will, a happier person, a person that had something to share with the world. Interestingly, Rachmaninoff had an obsession 
He purchased many items. He owned three pianos, as an example. He owned two or three cars, particularly fast cars, as an example. He bought items like that that sometimes we say people do when they are depressed and then they come out of depression into a state of elation. They overspend, they overbuy, they overact, they overengage and make many poor choices and difficult choices and they find themselves in financial ruin many times. They miss the judgment, obligate themselves to costs and finances that they can't handle. And that very well may have been Rachmaninoff's downfall. Not in the area of music, there he succeeded, but in the area of living, of struggling with depression, and then finding himself obliged to pay for and to handle three pianos and three or four cars and who knows what else he bought in excessive numbers. But that's the pattern of somebody who's depressed and then becomes elated in a bipolar disorder. Kind of, you live in a manic state and you buy all that stuff. You live in a depressed state and you withdraw and you isolate. That's the story of his life. So you live with depression. People who are depressed often have these kind of mood changes and patterns of mood. But what's important is that they can begin to rebuild their lives. But it often will take a third party. In this case, Dr. Dahl, his therapist, to help him get on track and help him focus his attention and focus his energies and move forward in a successful life. So that's the story of Rachmaninoff, living with depression. But in a way, he lived successfully, you know, even though he was depressed. It's not the end of the world. It's not a point of failure, the point of difficulty, but it's one that you have to kind of move forward with altogether. Well, let me refer you to my uh, website, booksbyhedberg.com. And booksbyhedberg.com is a... Um, website that has a number of my books which I've written and I refer you there to my book on depression and uh, if you're depressed there's some good self-help ideas there with depression and ways in which you can work with your therapist to help you get out of depression so it's in my website www.booksbyhedberg.com nice to have you with me and thanks and bye for now